Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. What do you do when you don't know what to do? When you enter into a situation where there are more unbelievers than believers and you don't know who they are, how do you find those interested in the gospel? Today on The Scent Life, we want to explore that topic and answer questions about evangelism as a strategy for getting to know people. Welcome to The Scent Life. Hey, Keelan. Hey, Scott. How's it going? It's going well, man. It's going well. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Semester started. Classes seem to be going well. There's a different vibe on campus this semester. People seem to be more energized, I think. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I feel the same way. Uh, things feel a little livelier, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if it's the weather or if it's, uh, you know, we're far enough from uh, COVID and all the weird restrictions that went there that now everybody feels like they're back as a normal student, but man, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a good time. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to see a lot of the places full of people again. That's right. Yeah. We're super excited. Super, super excited. Well, Hey, you just got back from a short-term mission trip. I did. In fact, Scott, that has a, a potential topic for us today, sure. I think, that I want to take a run at. So I took a group of students. This is the thing we do here at Southeast. Mm-hmm. Right? I took a group of students over to Southeast Asia. And uh, it was one of our school mission trips. Uh, just for some backstory for those of you who are listeners, uh, our uh, CGCS, the Center for Great Commission Studies that I direct, we, uh, we have about 10 or so, give or take a couple, mission trips every year that we take students on. Uh, some North American, some international. We go to all kinds of different mm-hmm. contexts. Uh, our purpose is to help students be able to see all the varied mm-hmm. contexts they could find themselves fulfilling the Great Commission in and, and start thinking through their own calling and to serve our field teams mm-hmm. well, whether that be with the International Mission Board or it's a North American church plant or uh, whatever the case may be. How do we help serve our local churches in that way and prepare our students to be able to equip uh, themselves for the you know work of the Great Commission? So this trip was one of those trips, and uh, our context on this one in particular uh, I'd taken about 10 people over there, and it was to a Muslim-majority country. It was a really large Muslim-majority country, in okay. fact. And uh, we were in an area that was really unengaged. Okay. Uh, so virtually nobody there who uh, certainly is a Christian, uh, most of them not having ever heard the gospel. Yeah. Uh, right? So this is the context we're in. Yeah, because remember, we clarified unengaged several episodes back. When That's we talked exactly about our right. Words. That's yeah, right. That's it. So that's the kind of context we're talking about here. And I've got these students out there, and we're working with the field team. The field team's doing what I, I would say is some pretty good work here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, the way we're entering into that context, right, is walking up to people, getting into a brief bit of a conversation with them, and turning straight to the gospel. Hmm. Uh, so they've got uh, kind of a method they use. Of course, we all use methods in evangelism, different right. ways of getting into a conversation about the gospel. Uh, and they've got a method they use there that it resonates uh, with the local population. Okay. Uh, and so it kind of naturally slides into the gospel. And they're in the intentionality behind it was, let's try to get in the very first conversation to a gospel conversation with these people, mm. a gospel presentation of some form uh, on the very beginning. Mm-hmm. 
Now, here's where that uh, was interesting to some of the students on our trip, right? So sure. our students are used to what we refer to as relationship evangelism, right? Yeah. This idea that we have here in the States that before somebody's going to trust us to talk to them about the gospel, mm-hmm. we need to have developed enough of a relationship with people that we can share those kind of things mm. with them. So here we are, a bunch of Americans now working alongside this field team in a Muslim-majority country, and they're essentially suggesting do the exact reverse. No relationship, just gospel. No relationship, go straight to gospel. Mm. And it created some interesting questions from the trip, and I thought it was a really a really good opportunity maybe yeah. for us to drag some of that conversation onto the podcast here and talk with our listeners about it as well. Yeah, I mean it's fascinating. You're right. That's uh you know we we kind of come at things a little bit differently, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, we think we need to drag the uh the first presentation or the clear presentation or asking somebody about uh, the gospel uh, several kind of re- relational points along, maybe weeks or months. Mm-hmm. Uh, the danger of that, in my experience, is there's kind of this invisible line in a relationship that if you haven't introduced the gospel before that point, it's so awkward to introduce it after that point that you tend to not do it. I think that's exactly right. Uh, it's fascinating. The longer you wait to talk about the gospel in a conversation, I actually think the harder it is often to get into the conversation in the first place. Yeah, I mean, it's a fascinating thought, right? And and this is, I think, something worth talking about that you know, whether you're a missionary overseas or whether you're a church planter in uh, North America, you're doing church revitalization, there's this moment in your ministry where um, you're asking, how do I make inroads into some community? Because I don't know these people. If I already knew them, then I wouldn't be having the issues that I have. So I don't know the people. So now I'm trying to figure out how do I get into a conversation, get into a relationship that is gospel-oriented so that it can facilitate evangelism, discipleship, church planting. And this is a fascinating strategy where you use evangelism um, as the weeding out tool for those that you actually should have a conversation, have a relationship with. And that's exactly right. So that's what was going on in the field, right? The field team Mm -hmm. was using the gospel conversation as a filter right. for building relationships. It's right. exactly the reverse to the way that we often think about it here in the States, right? So the idea is develop the relationship first so that you have permission. If you feel for some reason you need permission yeah. to share the gospel, right? people will say sure. that sometimes. I don't think you need permission to share the gospel sure. necessarily, but uh, that idea, you've got to be able to get to a spot where people would give you permission to share with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the field team was saying, no, no, what we want to do is we realize there are literally millions of people around us in this country who've right. never heard it before. And we've only got so much time. Right. Our job here is to make disciples. And so if what we're here on the you know, support of all of our churches mm. to do is make disciples in this area, we need to find a way to filter mm. to those who we should invest in mm-hmm. instead of spending all of this front time trying to invest in relationships only to find out once the gospel is, uh, once the topic's broached, they're not interested in that conversation at all, and it could even feel like a bait and switch. Right. So what they had done is they'd reversed the order, and they were instead filtering who they would spend their time mm. with based on who was most receptive to an initial conversation about the gospel. Yeah, that's fascinating. In fact, I think that uh, the argument could be made. There's theological foundation for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about Romans 3, uh, where Paul's argument is that nobody seeks after God, that nobody is interested in him, that our throats are like an open grave, 
Uh, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So the depravity of humanity, the fact that no one is uh, is interested in the gospel has to mean that when you present the gospel to somebody and they're interested, that's the person that God has put in your path to spend time with. Uh, so that would be, uh, it's not just a filter of some kind of human interest as much as it could also be observed, I think maybe as a filter of the work of the Lord in their life, that the Spirit of God has awakened in that person a desire and an interest for the gospel so that when they're responsive, when they're positive, it doesn't mean they become a Christian the first time. I think that's probably the most interesting um, nuanced difference in the way that we approach evangelism, that we we often get into it and we think, hey, if I share the gospel with you and you say no or you say wait or you say I'm not interested, or if you say, man, I really would like to talk more about this, we kind of feel like all of those are a failure if somebody doesn't say yes. When the fact is, if somebody is willing to engage, hey, let me think about it or whatever, maybe that's the sign that God is working in their heart. Yeah, that's no doubt. And that was the tact that the field team was taking, right? This understanding that it may not just be like relational openness. Mm. It could it could be that. Sure. Um, but it could also be spiritual openness, mm. right? Uh, and so these are the people that we really want to pour our discipleship efforts into right. uh, are those who may be uh, more spiritually open to what the gospel is doing. Uh, again, through the work of the Spirit, starting to open their eyes to the truth of the gospel. Uh, so that's certainly uh, a piece of the equation that I think they were after. And you just said something else there that I think is really interesting, Scott. So the way that we tend to think about the presentation of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So I'm now going to go through the full gospel presentation. Our hope is that leads to some form of conversion, right? right? Uh, and of course, that's in one sense, always the hope of sharing sure, the gospel sure. is that it's going to lead to somebody's conversion. Uh, but I think in the way that they were doing it there, if you front the gospel in your conversations and you're using it as a filter, mm-hmm. your objective in the first share of the gospel, mm-hmm. and I think that's important, first share, because there's probably multiple that are going to come be. with this person, right? Uh, but the purpose of that first share is really just gauging mm. interest and openness and receptivity. It's not trying to like close a deal mm. of some form. If if you had that mindset, I think you'd get um, disillusioned pretty fast because of the number of no's and people not interested they're sure. getting in that model there. Because they would they would share, you know handful of times, every time we would go somewhere. So over the course of the week, we're talking dozens and dozens and dozens of people, right. and maybe only a couple show interest. Right. Uh, but if your goal is finding those who show mm-hmm. interest, then it, it was actually effective. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it makes the no's anticipated, and the yeses are kind of this miraculous experience. And so you're able to celebrate that, which I think is important because my experience with evangelism, people tend to get discouraged. Mm-hmm. And I think it might be based in this long relationship with somebody until I feel like we're on this, the right playing field so we can finally share the gospel. And when we do and it's turned down, now it's like the whole relationship was a sham. The whole relationship was a waste of time. Now we have to figure out what are we going to do. It doesn't demean the person and hopefully – Nobody gets into a relationship just to put a notch on their belt, right? But it still really taints from both ends everything about uh, about that um, that relationship. You know, it's fascinating. You know, we we often go to evangelism crusades. Think about um, a Billy Graham crusade or Greg Laurie crusade or even a 
if there's an evangelistic event at your church this past uh, Christmas, we did a big event, uh, local performing arts center. We had, I don't know, 12, 15,000 people who came over multiple nights. And obviously, since it was a performing arts center, the there was an orchestra bay between the stage right. and this, you know, the, uh, the, 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 where the people were sitting. And so at the end of the, the sermon for the gospel presentation, it was, Hey, if you're interested in the gospel, if you want to trust Jesus, if you want to know more, take your cell phone out and turn on the flashlight. Hmm. And so you're in a dark room, and then you're looking around, and people are holding up their flashlight as, I'm interested in this. Now, from there, obviously they couldn't come forward. We say, okay, now when you leave, if you turned on your flashlight, go out and find somebody with you know, X shirt or whatever, that that would be their, their your follow-up step. Yeah. So in many ways, what you're doing on the streets um, in Asia is you're walking down, basically saying, are you willing to turn your flashlight on? Are you willing to turn your flashlight yeah. on? Are you willing to turn your flashlight on? Not that... Now, if in that event at our evangelism service at Christmas, nobody would say everybody who turned their flashlight on became a Christian. But what we would say is everybody who turned their flashlight on was expressing interest in the gospel. They were open to a conversation about that. That's this. right. And that's what we're doing in that moment, which is what you're doing here on the streets. Are you interested in more? And that, I think, is a great um, insight into evangelism when we think about engaging in a community that we're trying to have a gospel breakthrough, whether you're a missionary overseas, whether you are a church planter in North America, or if you're trying to revitalize a church, you're a pastor or you're leading a church that's in a community that's transitioned or in a community that now you're not reaching with the gospel, you're sitting in your service going, "How? what do we do? How do we meet these people? How do we get them into our church? How do we reach them with the gospel? So no matter what type of missionary um a role you're serving using evangelism as a filter for further interest in the gospel and those that you should lean into relationship is a great missionary strategy. Yeah, well, and so that's that's where I actually think it's helpful for us to turn on this point, right? Um, when we sit back and think about, so like th- that context, it's it's different than ours. I think mm-hmm. that's a knee-jerk reaction, right? You're completely un- unreached, largely unengaged setting, um, and f- all far from God, right. don't have access to the gospel, and as they, so they've never heard it. Uh, our context, though, like we're like, oh, but in America, things are different mm. in the way that people and relationships work, and, and people are skeptical of a message they think they've already heard. Like, I think there's a lot of truth to that. The contexts are somewhat be, different, yeah. right? So I think that probably matters, but uh, one of the things that I think this, uh, the way they're doing it over there, it challenges me, and as we talked, as, uh, as the students and I sat down and talked through it, like, maybe uh, there's several points of rub with the way we do evangelism mm. that this actually alleviates. Mm. Uh, what if here we looked for opportunities to to front the gospel quicker right. in our conversations with people? Right. And you brought up two or three things a second ago, right? Like, so for that person that you're engaging, uh, if you go through months of developing a relationship and then you somehow try to turn the corner, it could feel like a bait and switch. Mm. So they could feel like, Oh, all this time I've invested, really all they were after was trying to sell me this gospel mm. stuff. The flip side, and you said this too, right, is the the amount of effort I, as the one who's wanting to share the gospel, have to put in before I even get mm-hmm. to it. And then 
I've got so much invested here that if that moment falls flat, it it feels kind of crushing, yeah. right? Well, if we front the thing in the conversation, we remove both of those problems. Right. And I can feel fine about throwing the gospel out quickly and don't feel like I've had this insane amount of effort that I've put into this particular relationship. Right. And even contextually, like in our, our current cultural setting, I think we're moving further and further into a kind of uh, ethos, a setting, an environment, worldview, whatever you want to call it, uh, where people are less likely to have heard a clear understanding a of the gospel point. at all. That's a and great if that's point. the case, throwing it on the front end mm-hmm. as, a, as a filter for really determining who are those people mm-hmm. I'm going to try to invest right. my time in makes more sense now in our own culture than maybe it ever has. Yeah, you don't want to, I don't want to do a Jesus juke on anybody. People have good intentions on either side, so I don't mean this to sound more harsh than it needs to, but it might be that if our strategy is let me build a relationship with the person so that they will trust me so that I can share the gospel, maybe I'm putting all my hope in me. Hmm. And maybe I'm putting all my hope in my ability as opposed to what if I just share the gospel? You, you, I mean, you, let's, let's be frank at the, or honest at the beginning as well. When you started off, you said that they had developed a culturally appropriate, yes. culturally sensitive way. So we're not, right. asking, we're not saying go be a jerk and see who likes to be friends with a jerk. Not at all. We're trying to say let's find an appropriate, sensitive, clear way of presenting the gospel. That's a good point. At that, at that moment now, I'm putting my trust in the Lord. Mm. Um, has the Lord prepared their heart to be the harvest that's white? And if so, me sowing that seed of the gospel now is the answer to the prayer that they or somebody's been praying and that God is answering in their life. So let's put our trust in the Lord, front evangelism in uh, in a community among an underreached people group as a filter to see where God is working. And as Henry Blackaby used to say, we find where God is working and we join him there as opposed to inventing where God is working. Yeah. And so perhaps we end the conversation there. Yep. Uh, I think that's an excellent way to look at it. And I hope for those of you who are listening, this is a bit of an encouragement to you uh, to consider how you're engaging in evangelism and maybe uh, – there's some potential benefit to fronting that gospel conversation. What if this becomes the way that we figure out who those next uh, people that we're really willing to invest in, who those people are? Uh, so take this and uh, consider it an encouragement to engage in that kind of ministry here and see how it works. And we'd love to hear if you start doing this, what is that like for you? Has it been beneficial in your setting? And, and so feel free to reach out to us with any questions or comments you may have. Uh, you can always contact us. Uh, either through our website at thecgcs.org or by email cgcs at sebts.edu. And of course, you can find us on uh, Twitter and Facebook and all the social media places. Uh, so look us up there, follow our podcast, share our podcast, and uh, we look forward to being with you on the next set line. The College at Southeastern believes that God is at work in this generation. 
calling out Christians to leverage their lives for the Great Commission. That's why we train students biblically, theologically, and vocationally in community to give their lives for the cause of Christ. In spring 2024, Southeastern will be hosting its annual Go Conference designed to train, challenge, and mobilize college students for the Great Commission. Invite your college group to join us on campus on February 9th and 10th. Save the date and sign up for next year's conference at thegoconference.com.